0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today
1: with Byte. Attention! Yes, attention! (laughs) We're live! Attention! Your Ben Jarofsky Show. Oh, what a week it was. Bills, Booze, and Beaches is brought to you by... Did I just hear a cat in the background? What's going on there? Uh, no, no cat. I can do one, a hawk. Oh, yeah, get him. Hey, cool. get out of here,
2: Pinky. That's Pinky, my cat.
1: Pinky, that's a great name <laughs> for a cat.
2: Uh, thank you. <laughs> Pinky, go drink the milk. Okay. I taught my cat to talk, by the way.
1: well we're in for a show today, guys. That was all improv by our host there. That was great. <laughs> Your Ben Jarovsky show. Oh, what a week it was. Bills, booze, and beaches. Is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor sponsors, as well as the Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, and yeah, what kind of pot to smoke. They talk about that stuff too. So much more, including political columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Uh, ben, can you tell us a little bit about your latest column in the? Oh world? my gosh, hear you this
2: week. This is the column that nobody wants to talk about, and I kind of took my lefties to task for not speaking up against all the acts of anti-Semitism. We've been talking about on the show uh, for about a week or so. I'm like, come on, lefties. Lefties are so afraid to take a stand against anti-Semitism. They're like people are beating up Jewish people in the streets of L.A. or New York, and lefties are like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't want to do anything that might look like I am not 100% behind Palestinian rights in Gaza. Guys, you could be for... Palestinian rights in Gaza and still take a stand against thugs beating up Jewish people in the United States.
1: Pretty controversial. It's much easier. Much easier. We can just call Donald Trump a creep. Yeah. (laughs) We all agree on that. Oh, man.
2: So I I did the column, I I put it out there. And uh, (laughs) yeah, Uh, radio silence from lefty land. Really, just don't know Ben how to respond to this call. Him. Could you write about something? Could you bash Donald Trump a little more? I'm ready to bash Donald Trump. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, lefties, I'll bash him. But come on. Bunch of guys hop out of a truck, go, Where are the Jews? and then start beating people up on a sidewalk. Don't you think you might want to say it's a bad thing without being worried about what Twitter's going to say about you? Uh. I want to look absolutely correct on all the issues of the day. And so I'm going to withhold comment on this one because it may make me look bad with lefty Twitter.
1: Like oh, this. my God, my beloved lefties, Don't get me started. Well, so that's what I wrote you about. did get started and you wrote about <laughs> it at Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Check out the latest column from our very own. Ben Jarofsky Uh, we got to give a special shout out to live stream listener Frank Frank hope you're doing well man Uh, he wasn't listening there for a while now he's back welcome back Uh, I had an awkward moment where I'm like should I reach out to a listener and ask if they still listen like (laughs) the shows I listen to don't do that so should I do that I'm glad I didn't have to experience that moment Frank is back welcome back Frank you are the man Thank you very much. Also, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky uh, if you want to become a binhead But uh, it's time for your song of the week, Ben, from Frank. Oh, OK. By the way. Yeah, Frank uh,
2: was the one who uh, texted me a story yesterday that I read on the air. It was like I was going to go in one direction. I got a Frank's text. I went in a different direction. So thank you,
1: <laughs> Frank. Uh, um, what is the song? Soul Man by Sam and Dave Soul Man Soul
2: Man Woo, alright Yeah
1: Yeah, Frank, this is for you The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now It is Friday May 28th And live from my apartment in his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's, oh, what a week it was, Bills, Booze, and Beaches. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky.
2: Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Filibuster Friday, and here's why. Yes, yes, yes. We're getting to, oh, what a week it is. But before we do that, week it was all right. Let's just edit that out to Eric. Let's just edit that out. In fact, you know what you could do? That special voice you have, like where I, when I say is, instead of was, you just plug in, oh, what a week it was. And you know, that, that editing thing you got there. Uh, anyway, you think one of these days I'd get the name of the uh, Friday special segment Since it's only our most popular show of the week, by the way um, Anyway, so uh, before we uh, get to uh, all the local news of the week On, oh, what a week it was uh, This breaking news uh, Republicans blocked the creation of an independent inquiry into the January 6th riot Republicans are worthless, ladies and gentlemen The Republican Party is worthless We're gonna, I know we'll be talking about this next week 54 and 35 was the vote in the Senate. They're not going to have an independent inquiry. They would have argued. Bog- They'd still be doing arguing Bog- Bogdanovich. Boggazi. I can't even say it. Uh, that's a lot harder to say than you think it is. Ah, words. Uh, if, if it was uh, up to them. But no, they don't want to argue about what went down on January 6th. And so, you know, Dems, just throwing this out there. If anything indicates the need to eliminate the filibuster while you have the Senate. This would be it. I got news for you. If the roles reverse, the Republicans would get rid of that filibuster in a heartbeat. So anyway, that's the breaking news. It's national news. I'm sure we'll be discussing it uh, next week at great length. But without further ado, we turn things over to the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of all Illinois with, oh, what a week it was. You like how I did that, D? I like, like that was like oh, what a week it, it was.
1: Yeah, it's cool. My name's Dennis, guys. How's it going? <laughs> Dennis. And I do the news. Okay. Uh, it's time to find out what happened this week in Chicago and or Illinois. Another event-filled week for our Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Some events good. <laughs> but most. <laughs> Not so much. Whoa! (laughs) But first, let's talk statewide news. (laughs) Gotta say, another slow week for our Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker. Now, at this point last year, the governor was on our televisions at nauseum with his COVID-19 press briefing. So I guess it's nice to see uh, things slowly getting back to normal for the big feller. Let's begin with phase one. What, What
2: say you, Ben? Um, first of all, I miss, let's begin with phase one. And of course uh, I always got them mixed up, which was the bad phase, which was the good phase. You figure I'd learn after over a year, but I didn't. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, miss, uh, JB Pritzker's, uh, Presco. I, I kind of get, I, I got, I really got to like him more, uh, during the pandemic. Let's hope it lasts. Oh, into the that, next that was going to be
1: my question. So you're implying that you're liking him less now that he's not on your television.
2: I guess so. God, that was a withering cross-examination from Attorney Dennis. From now on, we're, we're not going to call him Dr. Dennis. Attorney D. Yes. Uh, well, I, uh, how about, how about, no, for the questions. The witness, they, no, I didn't mean that. Uh, witness, you can step down now. Oh, withering cross-examination. I guess I just don't think about him as much. How about that? Is that a better way of saying it? I mean, it's not that I like him less. You know, I just don't Think about him as much.
1: I just remember a but year. I, guess- I remember a year ago, just kind of like okay, kind of waiting for him uh, at this point. Uh, by about July or August, I'm like, God, right, get this dude off TV. No, d- d- there was a time. That's the start of a James Brown song.
2: There was a time when we, I think, this was like March and April. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we would be doing the show and then you go, Oh, uh, J.B. Pritzker is uh, about to start his press conference. So we should get off the air so you can watch it. It's like, "Whoa!" people wanted to watch J.B. Pritzker's press conference. This is very similar to what was Cuomo in New York. Uh, and um, boy, that.
1: Yeah. Our governor looks a lot better a year later <laughs> oh than that God. guy.
2: I mean, come on, New Yorkers. That, by the way, I know we're this is supposed to keep it local. We've got to do a, a New York segment because, I don't know if you saw this. The uh, Giuliani son is running in the Republican primary to replace Cuomo. So you know they got a primary system too. So it's going to be a battle between Trumpsters to, for the right to run against Giuliani. I'm not sure. Giuliani announced he was running for reelection. Uh, this, this is before uh, all the controversy about how we handled the pandemic and um, the, the accusations of sexual harassment, etc., and so forth that have really brought down uh, his credibility. And so I, it's I assume someone's going to run against him in the Democratic primary. I, I don't, I haven't seen anybody announce. Wouldn't that be horrible? Just if Giuliani's kid were the governor of New York because Cuomo screwed it up so bad. That people just said, I just cannot vote for this man. I'll vote for Giuliani. So very bizarre politics in New York. People think Chicago politics are crazy. New York politics are really weird. Anyway, yes, we all back then were like turning to our governors for leadership. Some governors didn't deserve the leadership that they had. I thought J.B. Pritzker did a pretty good job.
1: By the way, uh, I can, I honestly can't remember. Uh, do we have a um, a Cuomo impression?
2: Uh, more of his father. I was a fan of Mario Cuomo. I, I had my issues with Mario Cuomo on many issues. That was uh, Governor Cuomo's father was the f- governor of New York in the eighties. Millennials. Uh, and uh, uh he used to ha- he had a, like a lot of Obama thing. He would go. Uh, am I a perfect person? No, he would ask himself a question then he would answer. Am I a perfect person? No, I'm not a perfect person. Uh, do I try to be a perfect person? Yes, I try to be a perfect person. Is Dr. D from Alton? Of course he's from Alton. Does that mean that we love him? Of course we love him. Actually, that's a terrible imitation. But trust me when I tell you, that's what he would do. He would ask himself a question. So no, I do not have a Cuomo imitation. Sorry, D.
1: I'm not a perfect person. <laughs>
2: did you see the bit where uh chris cuomo did we talk about this already no i think we oh chris cuomo who is uh the news guy uh, which one cnn Mm -hmm. so uh he is the baby brother of governor cuomo yeah i know all you junkies know this stuff but there could be somebody out there completely. What wait, 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 wait? I'm all mixed up. Anyway, he's the baby governor, uh, brother of the governor of New York. Uh, he's also the newsman. So he's supposed to be uh, uh, completely objective, not showing any partisan, what have uh, any bias with that, whatever. Uh, and he was sitting in on advisory meetings, uh, Cuomo, Governor Cuomo and his aides talk about how to handle the complaints of sexual harassment that emerged and that he was part of the advisory group and he was giving suggestions that came out and uh, his, did you see his defense, D? Yeah. Which I just thought was, you saw his defense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was the most feeble thing in the world. I'm sorry Chris Cuomo fans out there. I just thought it was feeble. You know, the whole thing, I love my family. My family comes first. Okay. That's how it goes. Like my family comes first. So you don't like that? Go beep yourself. And then <laughs> douchebag. I'm like, dude, man, you knew what you're doing was wrong. You knew you were, you knew it broke all the rules of journalism. Don't make it like it's some, I love my family. I will do anything. No, it's got, come on. Don't try to turn it into my family. you you're a newsman. You're not supposed to be participating in these completely partisan exercises to discredit the women that came forward to say your brother is a bag. Okay? I mean, I'm just saying. Credibility issues as a newsman. Now, you're going to say, D, because you're a withering attorney now with the cross-examination. Yes, I am. You see, Ben, he's got an allegiance to his brother, and you have to appreciate that oh damn suddenly i don't know what to do because it was a withering cross examination how about how about how about (laughs) the judge
1: will say answer the question witness to which i say i'm sorry i don't buy it did you ever see the bit on cnn where uh it was chris and uh andrew sitting there having like a little back and forth he had like the big giant q-tip did you see that
2: no no on cnn yeah i know i missed i I don't watch cnn Uh oh revelation time Meow, the cat out of bag. I don't watch CNN. It used to be on like in the airports. I haven't been to an airport in so long. Remember those days when it was on, it was so annoying. Oh, Always going on the blather in the background. No, D, uh, I, I missed that. I just found, I thought it was very disingenuous of Chris Cuomo. You know, he, he knew what he was doing is wrong. He only, it one of those things where they, you, you know, what you did was wrong. The apology is more about you're upset that you got caught. And he did discredit his network and he did put his colleagues in a bad position, you know, and that, that apology, which is more about promoting himself as his family guy, you know, you stand by your brother, your brother's in trouble or while you're sick or something, you show your allegiance to your brother, your brother's accused of sexual harassment and is plotting ways to pr- protect his incumbency. And, and what, Uh, diminish the validity of the accusations you're sitting in on those. I, I think that's a line that's been crossed. You should let the political strategists who are bending the truth, go work to bend the truth and put the spin out. You're supposed to be the spin blocker. You're supposed to shed the light on things. I know we all have personal things that we just can't comment on. So, you know, if, Dr. D got in trouble for something, you know, got busted for selling reefer or something. I would like, I would not comment on that. I just say he's my friend. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I stand Thanks. by him or whatever, you know, but I'm not going to like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to issue a, a statement discrediting the uh, the district attorney down in Alton. What is the county in Alton, by the way? Is Madison. It How did I, come on, I knew that. No, too. you didn't. <laughs> you said Alton County. <laughs> No, but I knew it because um, our guy ran for the Ma- Madison County board. Anyway, so, uh, you know, you just you got I don't know if you're you just got to be f- upfront with people. I'm going on that tangent. But when I saw that, I'm like, give me a break. Family is important to me. I love my family. So it's like accusing everybody else. It, it, he starts with that. So it's like a counterpunch to everybody else. And then, he, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, you start with the part where everybody else is mean because they're picking on your family, and then you close. With just say you're sorry. You know what I'm saying, D? Yeah. Just. Man,
1: I screwed up. I don't know. All right. Whatever. I, a tangent within a tangent. Yeah, my apologies on that one, listeners. That was me. I asked him to do a Cuomo impression, and all of a sudden we just
2: <laughs> went way off the map. All right, so I'm just not feeling Cuomo's in New York. All right, that's just that's just not feeling it right now. Go ahead. back to the state of Illinois. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What's up? No, I was going to say, I know you're a huge Cuomo supporter. I love you're a little disapp- <laughs> uh, Dennis is not a fan of <laughs> Cuomo's of New York. Just was needling him there.
1: Back in the state of Illinois, there were a handful of bills that passed through legislation this week, waiting for governor Pritzker's signature. One bill seeks to bar schools from discriminating against students with quote hairstyles historically associated with race Ethnicity or hair texture asked about the bill's effect on schools, athletics and private schools. House Majority Leader Greg Harris said that his understanding was that the bill would only apply to school dress codes during the school day. Uh, Hey, here's one Republican who disagrees with the bill. Republican State Rep Tom Morrison of Palatine. Uh, He said, quote, I think this is an issue that's just best left up to the individual's uh, school administration, along with the parents that choose to send their children there. So I would encourage a no vote. Here's more from Greg Harris and Senator Mike Simmons.
2: When they go to school anxious to learn, when they walk into that school building...
1: Wanting to, you know, go to their lessons, make their lives better, do all the things that we as adults encourage them to do, that they're welcomed there, that they're respected there, and they're all treated equally there. Mike Simmons, what say you? A person wearing their hair is not gonna affect
2: anybody learning what two plus two is. I like <laughs> I like that. I like that quote. That was a good soundbite. And then I have to admit, when he said Two plus two is. I did the quick math in my mind. Yep, my brain's still working. Still four. I got it, D. I got it. <laughs> Michael Simmons, of course, is the newly. Uh, he's not elected. I think he was uh, appointed. Is that the the correct terminology? Uh, state senator in North Side of Chicago. A vacancy uh, was created when Heather Staines so just stepped down. I, I didn't know. <laughs> Oh, my God. This is an old story. I forgot about this story. Heather Staines was reelected in November, running unopposed. You know, (laughs) the, the citizens of the north side of Chicago, not a lot of choice in any election. Uh, so she was running on a post. It's a very liberal district. So the Republicans don't even bother. Like you could have had a Green Party person in the race, just saying. Uh, and she ran on a post. And immediately announced she was stepping down. And the, the vacancy created, the committeemen got together. Uh, Kelly Cassidy thought she had it. The state rep, good friend of the show. Uh, and the committeeman said, nah, we're going to go with Michael Simmons. So they went with Michael Simmons. He's making quite a name for himself, D, uh, for a rookie legislator has never even uh, won an election and um, making quite a name for himself with symbolic bills. And I think I got no problem with this bill. I'm hundred percent behind it. I note, I will say this, I think I believe it is. You were the one who pointed this out to me. So credit goes where credit is due. Uh, Greg Harris, who uh, spoke uh, so eloquently in favor of the bill is of course, bald completely shaves his head. So just threw that out there. I
1: don't know. No enough. bald bias from Mr. Harris. All right. <laughs> None. Remember when Greg Harris was on our show? Uh, barely. He, 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 <laughs> Greg Harris
2: really plays things close to his vest. He, we, we, I like to uh, tease Chris Welch because, you, you know, he, he plays those cards really close to his vest. But Greg Harris. So, Greg, uh, is the sun out now? Well, there are those who say it is, and there are those who say it, it's not. And we're going to study that, and uh, I'll get back to you on that oh, one.
1: Great, great. Not radio material. We're going to let you go now. Thank you. You know, it's
2: uh, a little insight in booking a show. So people come to me and they'll go, I mean, I have this guest I really want on your show, Billy Bob. He's outstanding. And I go, can he talk? You know, that's just number one. You're coming on a podcast. There's going to put a microphone on you. Well, can Billy Bob talk? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Why are you recommending to me as a guest? You ever have that guest, D, that you ask them a question, they look at the mic? Oh, yeah. Mic's not
1: going to talk in itself, guest. You got to help me out a little Uh, bit here. Guest, can you please just call someone a douchebag? Something, something. Can we work (laughs) with something here?
2: Uh, Sir, you're allowed. You see that microphone? You're allowed to talk into it. You don't just look at it. Very interesting microphone here.
1: Anyway. And you know, that's that's good that you forgot about Heather Staines, but oh me, I have not. Staines, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> you, you just quit all of a sudden? What'd you do? Uh, Come on, do you, Staines?
2: Uh oh God, I remember that. was a, uh, That was a fun story to cover for a while. And I believe it was the Alderman. Harry Osterman, a committeeman of the 48th Ward, who was the decisive, uh, decisive weighted vote that put Michael Simmons over the top, defeated Kelly Cassidy. Uh, and I believe Kelly Cassidy said something along the lines of, beep, you Osterman, something like that. Uh, so anyway, Michael Simmons making a name for himself. I'm with you 100 percent, Michael Simmons. People wear their hair the way they want to. What about Joe Kim Noah? Hey, Morrison or wherever you are. You gotta say Joe Kim Noah can't wear
0: his
1: hair
2: the well, way he's he he running
1: for alderman or something. What's going on here?
2: <laughs> you know what is So I'm gonna say this about Republicans. It's so funny. Like I would say, I could appreciate a Republican if they actually had a principle they were standing, but as opposed to a tactic they were using. So here he is. Well, I think. Local control, that's what matters. I think we can all agree on local control. And yet then if some local entity wants to, I don't know, require masks in school, no, no, that's tyranny. We will protect the citizens of local municipality, Pigsville, whatever the name of it is, with a statewide ban. So there are four statewide Authority in some instances against it in other instances. They pick and choose. That's a lot of consistency. Pigsville. It passed, D. It did pass. You know, you're always against it, by the way, for 10 trivia points, young Dennis. (laughs) Outspoken in his opposition to it was one, Darren D.B. Bailey. Uh, the farmer from Downstate Illinois, who's running for governor, and my prediction is he will be a uh, the re- Republican nominee to run against JB Pritzker. Yes, he will on things on issues like this. We can't allow people to have wild hairdos. You want Joe Kim though as your teacher, huh? You want that? How about John ja Morant? His hairdo. You see You know John ja Morant. You know John ja Morant. Hang tight, non-sports fans.
1: Hang tight, non-sports fans.
2: By the way, uh, non-sports fans John ja Moran is super cool He's got a super cool haircut Not only is the haircut cool, but he's got the strip Down the middle Did you notice this, D? It's kind of like a pinkish tone and oh. So whenever he's on the air I'm, I'm like, My wife's in the other room Pam, come here, quick Look at John ja Moran's hair Look at John ja. She runs in Dennis has a little pink strip down the middle <laughs> Okay, can you stop revealing All of my secrets here
1: <laughs> So I'm with you, Michael Simmons, 100%. Yeah, shout out to Jay Marie on the live stream, Jed. She says it's ridiculous that laws have to be passed for black people to be able to wear their hair in its natural state.
2: I'm with you 100%, Jay Marie. It's ridiculous that the laws have to be uh, passed and, and that Republicans think that this is the key to winning uh, back the governorship. Well. If we can focus attention on this outrageous, radical bill, we'll scare white people into voting for us. Mm, interesting strategy, DB, Darren Bailey.
1: So, All right. Well, so that's one bill. The other bill, well, this one's pretty interesting. It's one that would allow taverns across the state of Illinois <laughs> to enact a shot and a beer reward for those who can prove that they have been vaccinated. Ben, hand me that bottle. (laughs) Yeah. Free alcohol for getting the vaccine.
2: Listen, by any means necessary, Malcolm X. Yes. You got to get people to get the vaccine, get drunk and get it. I do not understand the opposition to the vaccine. I've tried. I've had discussions with many people who are not getting the vaccine. I've listened to every single explanation, including my favorite, uh, which is from a guy on my bowling team. He's still waiting to see if people are going to start dying from it. All right, well, you know, it's been how many months now since the first one one's been rolled out? And you figure you let that one go. little Ben, it could be a lingering thing. Okay, could drop that a year from now from that vaccine. You know, I get it. Um, I
1: get it. Patience is a virtue. Just wait it out. See what happens. You know, that's yes. fun. <laughs> when did they start
2: giving them? February was yeah. it? Roughly around yeah. February. So where are we? May. Yeah, nobody died yet from it, but you never know, Ben. Okay. Uh, and uh, so that was just one uh, theory, and uh, but um, so yeah, they're trying to bribe people. What is in in Ohio? Some guy got a million dollars. Even he thought it was a gag. Uh, now he's stuck. Wait a minute. I gotta get a shot. And this is something else I know And people go, well, Ben, <laughs> it's like, I wait, I have to get, well, if you want the million dollars, you got to get the shot. Okay. Uh, and this thing, I'll never understand uh, millennials who are uh, cautious about the vaccine, you know, who have tattoos. So somehow or other, when they get a tattoo, that's not scary, but oh, my God, I just hate it when they put a needle in. Okay. You have tattoos, but not. Uh, come on, folks. Admit you've been brainwashed. Admit it. Anyway, so, yeah, if that's what it's going to take, D, and it get
1: people back in bars, so it's a good idea. Oh, my God. So let's keep track, everybody. So far, we've had free Six Flags tickets. <laughs> <laughs> free <laughs> liquor. Still waiting for a free bag of weed, but here's more from Representative Mike Zalewski.
0: A shot for a shot, a shot and a
1: beer. It's got many permutations, but it's designed
0: to help people get vaccinated.
1: And Tom Dimmer, I encourage folks to take advantage of this opportunity, get vaccinated, visit your favorite bar or restaurant uh get a free uh, free drink, and you know toast and ring in uh what can be uh, returned to. A lot more normal situation. Get your shot and get hammered. Am I right? Ben?
2: <laughs> By the way, I think Demers is a Republican. We were talking about him yesterday. Uh, Harish Patel was on the show. Uh, and, uh, you know, Harish Patel is uh, trying to get the earned uh, income tax credit uh, extended uh, or expanded uh, to like, non-citizens. Uh, and so uh, he was talking about some of the um, uh, proponents of the bill. And they're very proud of the fact that they got a Republican to sign on. So uh, so Demers and favor expanding the, uh, income tax credit. And he's in favor of encouraging people to get a shot. Maybe there's hope for the Republican party, D maybe there's hope, you know, still can't get any of them to want to investigate the uh, January six, uh, insurrection loop. Don't want to do that. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, shot in a shot, D a shot in a shot. Uh, I had, I wrote about this in the, the reader newsletter at the start of the week, the, since you're mentioning shots. I'm not a drinker. You know that not known to drink, uh, but uh, on Monday, as I said several times in the show, my bowling team was victorious and we captured the league championship and everybody was buying our team shots. And I couldn't say no. Next thing I know I was hammered. Oh boy. <laughs> and, I, and I, I staggered home. Dry I am. And I came home and I realized, Oh my God, I got to write my reader newsletter. So I had a decision to make, Dennis. I had a decision at that moment: should I ha- use the piece that I had already sort of written uh, and just pretend as though that I'm not drunk, or should I just what do they say? Lean in and lean in. Isn't that what they say, Dave? Lean into it. Lean into it. I lean. Is it lent into it? Oh, leaned into it. I leaned into it. Mm-hmm. And I went with the folks, I'm going to apologize right now, I'm a little drunk. First time I've ever written anything drunk. Well, maybe in college. I may have written. No, even that. I didn't drink in college. Oh, wow. a First, everybody, go check
1: out that drunken newsletter from our host, Ben Jarofsky. (laughs) At least I admitted it up front. Yeah, that is true. There there was a, a
2: columnist whose name I will not mention. Uh, from the Sun-Times. I love the guy way back when in the day. This is before most of you were even reading newspapers. You wouldn't know his name anyway. And one day I was walking down Lincoln Avenue. This is in the 70s D, Uh, right? Lincoln Avenue, just south of Fullerton. There's a stretch of taverns. Uh, And uh, he staggered out of a bar, Drunker Ugh. He was staggered, literally staggering. Oh my, oh my God, that's, I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to say his name, people. I was like, oh my God, it's the middle of the day. He's drunk. I was like 21. I was so naive. Oh my God, he's drunk. Yeah, I never, I never had the taste for it, D. So if that's what it's going to take to get you to have the vaccine, you have problems. <laughs> Yeah, we got problems. <laughs> All right,
1: you know, uh, sure. the shot-for-a-shot shot, uh, bill passed the House 108 to six, with one member voting present, two not voting. By uh, the way, why don't we do that for uh, getting people to register to
2: vote? Liquor? Yeah, I mean, boy, we, yeah. Now, wouldn't it be funny? The Republicans would be against that. That's outrageous. That's really promoting bad habits. Our democracy cannot take it. Anything that encourages people to vote, Republicans are against. Uh, so it'd be interesting. D they, they they got some Republicans to vote for the show. The Republicans are already thinking. You know, we want to look like we actually do sort of think this thing is real, even though sort of the position of the party is that it's not real. The pandemic, it's a hoax. So like the moderate Republicans in quotes, what makes them moderate is that they'll support a shot for a shot. I wonder if they would support a shot for a vote. If you, now what, okay, here we go. Why is it legal to bribe someone to get a vaccine, but it's illegal to bribe someone to register to vote? Oh, Hmm. Hmm. Or to vote for you. Remember when Willie Wilson was passing out, what was it, $100 bills to get people? To, yeah. To get them doing it. And he was getting criticized. I stood by you, Willie. I was the one guy that stood by you. Bruce Roner threw you under the bus. Told you not to support him. Willie Wilson didn't listen to me. And uh, so how is that bad?
1: It's okay to give someone a shot. I'm all for both, actually. Yeah. And Willie Wilson, shot, he stood by. He it. stood by you, Willie Wilson. Who'd you vote for in that mayoral election? Uh, first round? Oh, both <laughs> rounds. Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> he stood by you,
2: Willie. Hey, who'd you vote for? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh moving on to the next news item. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Two can play that game. I voted for her. Okay. I know a lot of you listeners are making fun of me right now, and I deserve it. Yes, I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, make fun of me more and more because it's true. I voted for. Her. She came to the hideout, told me what I wanted to hear. D. I
1: know. So. Cool pools and <laughs> tips suck. Yeah, by the way, like I said, listeners, uh, you know, you're welcome. I'm still holding out. I'm waiting for a free bag of weed for a vaccine, all right? Let's see if we can get there by July. Hey, speaking of reefer. Let's talk about reefer. Yes, first of all, recreational marijuana is still legal in the state of (laughs) Illinois. Uh, For months on this program, we've been talking about it, and our discussions have mainly centered around the lottery process that our state has set up for handing out recreational cannabis licenses. And hey, surprise, surprise, turns out it was rigged so that only the very wealthy and, hey, what a coincidence, the very Caucasian people of our state (laughs) were only getting rewarded the licenses. Funny how that works. But that could soon. Soon change, as the state house passed a long-awaited plan Tuesday to create 110 new marijuana dispensaries on top of the 75 minority-owned retail shops that were delayed from opening last year because of quote problems in scoring lottery uh, lottery applications. The bill now heads to the Senate, where it's expected to pass and be signed by Governor J.B. Pritzker. Uh, Governor Pritzker said about the bill, quote. This legislation further ensures those least likely to have already had a foot in this industry will see a bigger piece of the pie. Illinois legalized cannabis in January 2020 after passing a law that took unprecedented steps to ensure people disproportionately hit by criminal enforcement of past drug laws reaped the benefits. Of Those in the industry. So while the 2020 lottery was supposed to add more dispensaries, it became mirrored in controversy over scoring applications for the lottery. State Rep. LaShawn Ford, who carried the House bill, told Illinois Politico, quote, social equity applicants spend a lot of money to get into this emerging market only to have to wait. Uh, He said that referring to the cost of uh, consultants, lawyers, startup costs, and state fees that candidates had to pay to apply. We've been waiting 400 days, and finally, we are moving forward. The 110 new cannabis licenses would be awarded through two lotteries directed toward Black, Hispanic, and other minorities from disproportionately impacted areas. The 75 licenses stalled last year will be doled out in a third lottery. Yeah, well...
2: First of all, I was about to say better late than never, but I guess I should say we'll see. And uh, yeah, we talk a lot about this on the show. Um, So I'll be repeating what I usually say at this moment. But the war on drugs was a war on black people. And uh, when they finally, quote unquote, ended it or ended one part of it by legalizing reefer, uh, I thought there would be something remotely resembling reparations for the people who paid the greatest price for the war on drugs. Cause it's like, we all know, ladies and gentlemen, everybody smoke reefer, but only black people got arrested for it. So now that we're going to sell the stuff legally, let's put black people, black entrepreneurs at the head of the line to get the license to sell it. Only fair to do it. Somehow or other when the <laughs> smoke clear it was all rich white people selling that reefer the legal reefer and the United state's like, Oh my God, how did this happen? I just hate when stuff like this happens. We had so many guests come on and talk about this in many uh, episodes down through the last year or so. So now they're going to have more uh, licenses. You know, D I was, when you were reading that, I was thinking of something just like what it, like the advantages of being black and the advantages of being white in America in the year 2021. So let's think about the advantages of being white. When the state uh, opens up legal reefer or legal cannabis, excuse me uh, to everybody in the state, white people get the licenses to run the operations and make millions and millions of dollars. That's the advantage of being white. I'm trying to think of the advantage of being black. Here you go, D here's the advantage of being black. When mayor Lori Lightfoot says that she's going to allow people like 15 minutes to interview her about her first two years in office, black people get the head of the line to interview Lori. Listen to Lori, Lori spin. There's the advantage of being. Black. And then all the white people complain. We're going to get into this later. That's so unfair. Black people get ahead of the line. That's not fair. Anyway, D, I just was thinking that when you said that, I'm like, wow, what an advantage of being black in this country. Yeah, the white guy gets to sell a reefer, but I get to interview Lori Lightfoot for 15 minutes. To quote Lori, "Woo or was that a Wadi that said that, D? Which I get a mixed up. Was it a Lori or a Wadi that went "Woo woo"? Well, let's go to the tape.
0: Woo <laughs> <To-hoo!
2: laughs> to be mayor, Lightfoot. I was married Lightfoot. Okay. So you see, all right, everybody, that's white people get to sell a reefer, make millions and millions of dollars. Black people get to listen to Lori Lightfoot, spin them for 15 minutes, and then, whoop, gotta go. 50 minutes is up. Oh, wait, wait. I got one more question. Sorry. All
1: right. All righty. On to the latest in Chicago school board news. The following comes from Chalkbeat. Dot org legislators have been weighing a bill that would create a 21 person elected school board in chicago by the year 2023 but the discussion spilled over to what a compromise measure could be senator kim lightford not lightfoot lightford kim lightford <laughs> the senate majority leader raised concerns about the 21 person bill which is sponsored by senator robert martwick Friend of the program, Light Ford, not Light Foot, is sponsoring a countermeasure backed by Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, not Light Ford, Light Foot. That would create a seven-member board with a majority of the board appointed. As a key bill passed a Senate committee Wednesday, Illinois Senate President Don Harmon said that he he's still quote confident that a compromise will be reached uh, that would open the door to Chicago school board elections.
2: Oh my goodness, the elected school board. What a joke. The whole thing is a freaking joke. PCP Cunningham was on the show last week and uh, I allowed him his opportunity to state the case against the elected school board. Uh, And the Bright One wrote a a column the other day, (laughs) the editorial board of the Chicago Sun-Times. I don't know, you guys are... ah, You know, I love you, Bright One, but some of your editorials are wacky uh, about how uh, we need, once again... We need the mayor to control everything because as they saw it, like the school board, the mayor was able to tell the school board to kick back money uh, to the city, you know, and uh, which uh, she wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do to help the city out if the mayor didn't control the school board to which I said, well, why, (laughs) why are we encouraging a system that enables the city to take money from the schools? You know, like it sets the school's money. Why are we taking from the schools? I thought the schools are the number one priority. So why is that helpful to have the mayor have the power to take money from the schools to pay for, I don't know, whatever they want to pay for, probably debt. I, the, I know that the problems of inequity in the city of Chicago are enormous. And I know that there are severe limitations to any local election. And I know that in the city of Chicago, more likely than not, the people that are running, will the, the victorious ones will not be people I support because I'm usually, lefties like me don't win a lot of elections. I know all that. So I know there's severe limitations to an elected school board solving any of these problems. But the propaganda that they feed us, about how important it is to have an all-powerful mayor. Just put that in your brain. Chicagoans just allow themselves to be rewired that way, to believe in that. It's something that I've always resisted (laughs) since I moved to the city in 1981 and have never understood why Chicagoans just revere their mayors so much. This love, this adoration for these all-powerful beings. Like We believe that the trains wouldn't run without the all-powerful mayor. Kenny Davis and I have this argument all the time. Young Ken Davis, good friend of the show. I don't agree
1: with everybody that comes on the show, D. You know that. Can we hear that Ken hey. Davis impression? I, 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 Damn. <laughs> no words, but still
2: so good. You know, I'm really disappointed that I couldn't come up with a Cuomo. I'm going to listen to Cuomo over the It's You caught me off guard, D. Okay, you caught me off guard and uh, I used to have a great Mario Cuomo I used to to back in the 80s and it's faded man if you don't practice these imitations D I know they fall like for instance let's hear your Bruce Runner come on D Bruce Uh, Runner uh, 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 uh. (laughs) Uh, uh. let's hear your Rom (laughs) and finally of course your masterpiece J.B. Pritzker
0: ha ha ha
2: Ladies and gentlemen, not one word was spoken, and yet
1: it was true. And yet something true. happened. <laughs> not sure if it was impressive or awkward, but something did happen there.
2: Anyway, elected school board. So, yeah, it's so funny. how it's always, You know, the people of Chicago have said many times they want an elected school board one way or another. Up, can't let them have it because the rabble here that <laughs> you can't trust the rabble. And so sometimes it passes the house and dies in the Senate. Sometimes it passes the Senate and dies in the house. Now Don Harmon, a guy from Oak Park where they have an elected school board. God, it. Can you imagine if they try to take away the elected school board in Oak Park and Oak Park mayor was trying to say, I need complete control because you Oak Parkians is that what they call people from Oak Park? The Oak Parkians? Sure. You Oak Parkians are not even trusted. You're not that smart. So I need to control you. More power for me, less power for thee. More power. No. Somehow or other, Oak Park exists, ladies and gentlemen. How is that possible? Oak Park has a fine public school system. Somehow or other, people get up, sunrises, sunsets. They don't have an all-powerful mayor. Isn't that funny? I guess th- in Chicago, the view is if the sun rises, it's the mayor's credit. In Oak Park, somewhere around the sun rises, they don't need the mayor. So anyway, here we have uh, Kim Lightford. And thanks a lot for nothing, D, for putting that mental block in my, my head. You know, <laughs> I struggle with these things, ladies and gentlemen. Now I'm going to like to think twice. Kim Lightford, Lori Lightfoot. Uh and um by the way, did you watch uh, uh Barkley and Shaq last night after the game? No. They are oh god, they're better than the game sometime. Uh so the, the saying is points in the paint, and Shaq said paints in the point. I heard it and I got I, I got dyslexia, so I go, uh oh, dyslexic moment. And they all called him out of- <laughs> and Shaq was like, <sighs> Did I say it? Hey, how about that for a Shaq imitation, auntie? Huh, and,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, that was something. One more time. <laughs> Did I say it? Huh, He's kind of rasping Yeah. Uh, that's Shaq when he turns 100 years old.
2: Ernie, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They all got
1: Ernie. Ernie's in the middle.
2: Anyway, I uh, so Chicago. Don Harmon from Oak Park, and Kim Lightford. I don't know where she's from. She's from a western suburb, maybe Oak Park. I don't know. I don't know which suburbs she's at, Bellwood, Maywood, Oak Park. Uh, Those two suburbanites are going to save you, Chicago, from yourself. So thank those suburbanites for helping you out. Because if it wasn't for them, you would have an elected school board. And the mayor wouldn't have all power. So she could just take money from the schools and give it to the city, even though it belonged in the schools. (laughs) It belongs with the schools. Or maybe she'll take money from the city, give it to the schools, take it back to the City, yeah, just move it around like it's your own piggy bank. That's what we need: total mayoral control over absolutely everything.
1: Yeah. All right. Now to the week that was for our Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. All righty then. Well, I wouldn't get too excited, man. First off, hey Ben, remember that time when Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced that she will grant one-on-one interviews with only reporters of color for her two-year anniversary? Remember that? I didn't, may have just talked about that. Yes, I remember it. Yeah. Yes. Then I remember we were like, what? And then a one-on-one interview came out from the tribe and they didn't hold any punches whatsoever. And we were like, okay, this is cool. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, this week, a conservative news outlet is now suing Mayor Lori Lightfoot over her decision to grant interviews with only reporters of color for her two-year anniversary. A Daily Caller News Foundation reporter, who is white, filed the lawsuit in federal court that alleges Lightfoot violated their free speech and civil rights outlined in the 1st and 14th Amendments. Uh, The reporter calls the move, quote, blatantly discriminatory lightfoot responded and said the decision was for one day only which is news to me by the way i don't think that was ever stated Uh, (laughs) the the lawsuit came out then we learned it was one day (laughs) (laughs) but it was intended according to the mayor to start a conversation about diversity among city hall reporters who are mostly white and not getting sued lightfoot said quote if I, as the black woman mayor, the first ever, don't challenge us, the collective us, to do better, to really make sure that in every institution it reflects the diversity, nuance, and texture, then shame on me.
2: Wow. Um, first of all, I'm with Lori Lightfoot 100% on this one. and uh, But, I, D, I was smiling when when you pointed out that the whole policy on who gets to interview the mayor to celebrate her second year in office is sort of a work in progress. Yeah. Because as we recall, uh, God, I can't believe I still remember. This has not faded from my mind. It all began with a tweet from Marianne Ahern, uh, the uh, NBC reporter, political reporter, been around for a while, uh, that to the effect that uh, the mayor's press office told her that the mayor would only be granting one-on-one interviews uh, with black or brown reporters. I think that's what Marianne Ahern said in that original tweet. I'm doing this from memory. Uh, And then Mayor Lightfoot responded with her own tweets, which I think she actually writes her tweets as opposed to Rahm. I don't think Rahm ever wrote his tweets more or read them for that matter. Uh, I think Lori Lightfoot actually writes her tweets, this explanation that uh, it was uh, she was giving priority, D. priority uh, to people of color. Uh, and now we just learned it was one day.
1: <laughs> right. It came out of nowhere. Wait, it was one day Where did that come from because I, I so. even asked you last week, how long do you think the mayor will do this? Like that wasn't in any of the stories. Like, yeah. I
2: don't, I, you know, re, as you recall, my first response when I was notified of this, when whoever was Romana, I guess it was, what sent me the copy. You know, God bless Romana. She's always sending me tweets. Ben, I know you don't look at Twitter, so this is what's going on out there. Uh, I'm like, who wants an interviewer anyway? And um, it's kind of my position. Uh, so I think it's a frivolous lawsuit. It's a ridiculous lawsuit. It's a lawsuit attempting to somehow or other conjure up this notion that white people are victims in the city of Chicago and that this mayor is picking on white people. Utterly ridiculous and absurd. As I pointed out, D, you know, the white guys get all the reefer licenses and the black reporters get 15 minutes of mayor Lori Lightfoot's time. You know, remember Rom gave me, I told you this story a million times. The only time I ever hear Rom I was told five minutes. That's what you're getting. Five minutes. This is why I don't really enjoy interviewing mayors. You know, they act in Chicago. It, it, it is like you're interviewing the king or the queen, the emperor, the empress. You have five minutes. That's it. What questions will be will you be asking, Rom? I don't know. I need to know your questions. <laughs> yeah. It's always a So pain then in the ass. Then he calls me up out of nowhere. I like it wasn't a given time. Yeah, Ben, Ram Emanuel. And uh I'm like, how about And uh he spends like two minutes complimenting me on on various articles. He did a great job with this story, great job with that story. Yeah. He, okay, uh Ram, uh, you spent two of my five minutes complimenting me. Ooh, you're funny. And then he hung up on me. So that's I mean, the I really don't know. Like I, you know what? I get it. No, you know, it's not thinking about it. the reality. If you're on TV and it boosts ratings, hey, it goes because the viewers will want to tune in. What's the mayor got to say? Right. Right. I mean, could you imagine if mayor Lori Lightfoot showed up on our show? Yeah. I don't actually don't think my audience there. I don't think the ratings would be that high. Oh. I think Troy LaRavie would beat Lori Lightfoot hands
1: down among my lefties. listeners. It'd be a pain. It'd be a pain in our ass. Like, okay, that Troy LaRavie would probably do better. And if we had her on, listeners would be like, ah, man, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have been good enough. Like, ah, you should have called her a piece of shit, man. Why didn't you do that?
2: Wait, Troy LaRavie would probably do better. I think you could take the word probably out of that sentence. Troy LaRavie. This is why he's a joy to interview. You don't have to like Troy. Can you come on the show? Yeah. Like, what do you want to talk about? Whatever. <laughs> you could just throw a topic to him. The man's smart. He's red. You know, he's got opinions. You know, he's not afraid to speak them out. Now, I thought that Lori Lightfoot was like that. And it's just where Dennis is laughing. <laughs> you get fooled. You get fooled. She came to the hideout, answer all our questions. I know. Now it turns out that you know. Maybe I was fooled So I think, I think you take think probably I out of I don't want to like make like I like some guests better than other guests But most of the guests I have on here are Like you don't need To run their questions You're going to ask them by their PR guy Mark Sims You know he doesn't even have a PR guy He just asked Mark the question He's going to tell you what he thinks So I don't know but I guess Like if it's channel 5 or 2 At 10 tonight, Lori Lightfoot on Year 2 Stay by Come And then they'll have all those teases Can you imagine if we ever did anything like that, D? No At 2 o'clock, Troy LaRavie
1: So I Yeah, it turns out After all this time uh, Her favorite movie wasn't Once Upon a Time in Hollywood (laughs) She lied to you (laughs)
2: Uh, so yeah anyway so uh, that was the the big to to do I hope that lawsuit gets thrown out of court because it's absolutely ridiculous
1: so this week was very interesting especially if you live in Chicago because this was the week that you all learned which of your close friends or family members may have a drinking problem on their hands (laughs) as mayor lightfoot introduced an amendment Wednesday that would permanently ban Chicago stores from selling beer, wine, and other alcoholic drinks after 10 PM. (laughs) The following comes from the Chicago sun times. Tommy two joint Shuba satchel price and Fran, the Woman Spielman. Chicago grocery and convenience stores would have to stop selling booze at 10 p.m. under a permanent curfew, including in a sweeping pandemic relief package unveiled by Mayor Lightfoot on Wednesday. The ordinance would ban sales of packaged liquor products between the hours of 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. every day, except Sunday, when they'd start at 8 a.m. The proposal would effectively bring an end to the days of liquor stores remaining open into the early morning hours, though sales would begin several hours earlier on Sundays at a news conference after Wednesday city council meeting Lightfoot said, quote, that there's room for discussion about mm-hmm. the proposal, but raised concerns about the quote quality of life issues that sometimes creep up around those businesses pointing to loitering and quote other illegal activity. She said, we expect that there will be a robust debate and discussion <laughs> But there's a real issue that absolutely cannot be ignored. Shout out to the Chicago Sun-Times. They went and interviewed a liquor store owner to get their thoughts on the matter. Ali Tabet, owner of Ashland Market and Noble Square, said the plan feels like a, quote, low blow to liquor stores that have struggled through the pandemic. Should it pass the city council, Tibet said he would likely have to cut staff. He said, quote, I'm not going to drive all the business out of Chicago and just kill smaller businesses. It will hurt us for the long run. The city has much more problems than a liquor store being opened until 1 or 2 a.m. Crime is all over, and she wants to focus on this matter. Ben Jarowski. I'm with him. He convinced me.
2: I'm with him. Uh, Ali, I didn't catch the last name, but I'm with you. I, I agree with you. And have you ever had to make one of those late night runs, D? You of have course. You friends over and you want to get some beer to your friend, And now that we close at 10, you run over to the CVS, get yourself, you know, with a beer, wine, whatever you drink. And I'm not even a big drinker, but you have friends over. Some of my friends love to drink, You run out of beer, got to take care of my buddies. I just, you know, if there's a problem with the liquor store, you deal with the liquor store. Well, I have a citywide ordinance. Makes no sense at all. And she's backing away from it. It's probably got feedback. Uh, to make her back away yeah. for
1: it. Uh, the and mayor uh, looks like she's walking it back uh, yeah. as we speak. France Bielman sat down with the Business Affairs and Consumer Protection Commissioner, Rosa uh, Escarino. Mayor Lightfoot's plan to require liquor, grocery, and convenience stores to cut off liquor sales at 10 p.m. is, quote, not written in stone, opening oh, the door to pushing back the deadline or eliminating it entirely. Uh, at an unrelated news conference Thursday, Lightfoot said she, she, quote, too, is willing to work with liquor and convenience store owners to see where we can reach an accommodation but she added they've got to they've got to be better actors in these communities nobody should suffer because of liquor sales that stretch into the early morning hours that then become a real magnet for problems in the neighborhood
2: yeah well there was a story last week uh, we had a, we talked about it briefly on our show uh, Alderman Byron yeah. Six Lopez one of our uh, favorite guests there's a guy. You don't have to, you don't have to run by your topics with Byron. Uh, he's going to tell you what he's thinking and he speaks from his heart pretty much all the time. Anyway, he's uh, having a, a bit of a battle with the mayor, Lori Lightfoot about uh, a bar or a liquor operation in his ward uh, in a precinct that was voted dry and the mayor overruled the vote to allow this, pre- this liquor store to operate. And uh, so it's, you know, D it's, not a lot, a lot of consistency here in the city of Chicago. And essentially what the mayor is basically saying is that she wants to control all this stuff because she knows what's best. She mm-hmm. knows what's best for the schools. She just knows what's best for the budget. She knows.
1: Why do I said this last
2: week? Let's just elect a mayor. Let's just, why bother with Alderman? Why bother or elected school board? I should have mentioned this to uh, Peter Cunningham, get his thoughts on this. You know, just is select a mayor, and the mayor will appoint everybody, and uh, the mayor will make proclamations, and the Sun Times and the Tribune will write about them, and then based on the response that people have to those articles or to what they hear in BEZ or on the you know other TV shows, the mayor will then make an adjustment the next day. There you go. I just figured let's just do away with democracy altogether. D. How about that? Just figured it out. Thanks, so, yeah, this is one of those. things. this Mayor uh, Lightfoot really does remind me of uh, Richard M. Daley so much because Daley would do that. He would say something one day, and and then the next day they would, <laughs> someone would say, "Boss, people are really upset with your uh, proclamation that you made." And so then the you know and then next day, well, yeah, he, he kind of has. um that's kind of Richard Daley. I know he's right. Richard Daley is blending in with my Ken Davis, but and uh <laughs> it, would be, it would be over you know so i think glory life reminds me a little bit i've said this more than once to you of richard m daly
1: oh, well flattering all right well he was very popular
2: <laughs> he was five times the city people the city of chicago elected a mayor so and probably still would be electing him i like daily ben now stop it they'd still be electing him mayor. they said i he just said The hell with this job? I quit. (laughs) And then the people elected Rom. I'll never let you forget that, Chicago. You not only elected him once, you thought it was a good idea and you elected him again. Heck of a job, Chicago.
1: All right. And finally, this week's Chicago City Council meeting. And you know, I got to say it, guys, I don't think city council meetings should be this entertaining. Where the hell do we live? These should really be boring. (laughs) And contain not that much substance. But nonetheless, here we are. And uh, in a typical fashion, and we wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> mayor Lori Lickerfoot and a select few of her aldermen had a highly dramatic exchange of words on Wednesday. And for all the details, it's time for episode 554 <laughs> of everyone's favorite daily Chicago political soap opera. Streaming now on nothing, it's time for a mayor. And her alderman. A mayor
0: and her alderman. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit is
2: what I think. If you think well, we... No were offense friends, well, fuck you, you then. Who are you <laughs> going to tell we me ready? I'm full of shit?
1: Now, now. <laughs> the no offense part gets
2: me every single time. <laughs> no offense. Guys... For that reason alone, you should want an elected school board. Just think about it. Be more characters to the mix. Just think about it.
1: Just think about it, Chicago. Think about it. The first matter at hand at Wednesday city council meeting, street names. (laughs) DuSable, Lakeshore, Lakeshore, DuSable. What do we call this street? Honestly, at the end of the day, who cares? But Shia Capos did an amazing job covering this, so we are going to her for the story. Tensions were high at Wednesday's in-person city council meeting. Alderman and the mayor battled over a proposal to rename Outer Lakeshore Drive in honor of Jean Baptiste Point DuSable, uh, considered Chicago's first non-indigenous settler. A last-minute maneuver orchestrated by Mayor Lightfoot, who opposes the name change, stopped the proposal in its tracks. At least for now. (laughs) As Alderwoman Sophia King asked for a roll call vote, Lightfoot called on Alderman Brian Hopkins and Ariel Robroyos, who moved for the plan to be pushed back until the next meeting using a procedure called quote, defer and publish. (laughs) When King challenged Lightfoot for not calling on her, the mayor said she saw Hopkins firsthand prompting an incredulous King to snap, quote, oh, come on, president. The mayor's response, well, a common one. You're out of order, please. (laughs) Drama begets drama. Alderman David Moore, who sponsored the bill, was so incensed that he threatened to pull the same defer and publish maneuver on every other bill that came forward, saying, quote, I'm going to hold up every city council meeting going forward regardless.
2: Yeah, we had David Moore on the show last week talking about uh, renaming Lakeshore Drive or the Outer Drive, uh, DuSable Drive. I thought he did a a great job of laying out why he was for it. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is against it. Uh, At first go around, she didn't have the votes. So what they did was this little stall tactic. Uh, It was totally bogus absolutely she did not see uh, the um, Hopkins before King we all know that's made up and we all know that this was just the mayor's attempt to buy some time to win over enough votes to defeat this because she doesn't want the outer drive renamed I'm not quite sure why she doesn't want it renamed I know people I've read the articles I've read the explanations but the exclamations don't make sense. People will still call Lakeshore Drive, Lakeshore Drive. Life will go on, you know. Uh, so I I don't, David Moore was on the show. He said they set it up so it would not require people to change their addresses. So what's the big deal? But no, Mayor Lifewood's going to spend $40 million with a park that'll honor DuSable. So it's going to cost us $40 million. <laughs> and Moore was funny on the subject when he was on the show last week. Do you D- remember? He goes, yeah, I'll take other." My thing was free. Th- but do you want to spend $40 million more million honoring Desabo? Go ahead. But my proposal was free. Check out that interview with David Moore. He's running for secretary of state. Um, so, D, I, uh, you know, If we, just think about this, if we did away with the city council, as I'm suggesting, if we gave all power to the mayor, then this wouldn't even be, she wouldn't even have to do that. There would be nobody proposing this.
1: Whoa!
2: (laughs) So yeah, it was trickery. Uh, Defer and publish is an interesting tactic. Uh, I remember back in the days of Rom and Daly, I would always be urging uh, independent uh, aldermen Defer and publish, defer and publish. Force the mayor, embarrass the mayor, if nothing else, call attention to the issue. And they'd be like, Ben, I don't know. The mayor will take away our snow plows if we do this. So that's kind of the mentality of Chicago. And we want to give more power to the mayor? Yes, Ben, we have to have the mayor absolute control over everything. Otherwise, the city will fall apart. So uh, the mayor, I was always encouraging people to do defer and publish. Now the mayor's people, this is how things have changed. The po- the, the city council has enough independence, I got that in quotes, where they'll pass something over the mayor's objection. So the mayor's getting her flunkies, I mean allies, to do a defer and publish. Whoa, you live long enough, D, you'll see everything. The mayor is doing deferred publish. Rom's laughing. <laughs> I never had to do a deferred publish. I remember once Nick Sposato, love you, Nick. Nick Sposato uh, was, he was, he did a deferred publish on uh TIF expenditure in the South Loop and he's going to, and Pat Dowell, who's the alder woman of the third ward where the TIF expenditure was going down, came up to him, what are you doing? And asked him not to do it. And he pulled back. I wrote about it. Go, Nick, what are you doing? You should have done the defer and publish. Ah, man, I, Pat asked me not to do it, so I didn't do it. So there's a whole history here, D, of defer and publish. And now, now the mayor is using defer and publish to block things she doesn't want. Well, we'll see, D. We'll see. Wonder how much money she's going to have to throw at this to, to get that no vote to defeat David Moore. David Moore is not going anywhere on this one. So it'll be very interesting. And by the way, I exchanged emails with the great Dave Glowitz, and uh, he has most of the clips from this week's City Council meeting ready to go. Probably do that in a week or so. Dave Glowatz will be breaking down the city council meeting. So I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, If you're ever looking for a good uh, source for a review of the Chicago city council meetings, I highly suggest you check out our interviews with the one and only David Glowatz. He goes to these things, gets the audio, records it. Ben has funny things to say about it. Um, <laughs> Dave tells me to play audio. Oh, it's great. It's good times. Check it out. Uh, we'll let you know when that broadcast will be coming. Wait, on. hold on.
2: What? Let's hear your imitation of Dave Glowatt's telling you to pay play a certain clip.
1: All right, well, we want him coming back, but uh, okay. Uh, Dennis, if you could play, um, <laughs> Mayor Calls Raylo a douchebag. <laughs> That's
2: really good. Way better than mine. Got to give you credit.
1: <laughs> more from Illinois Politico, because that was not the end of the political entertainment. Uh, more city council coverage here. Lightfoot at one point. What was she thinking? She confused Alderman Andre Vasquez with Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa, prompting Vasquez to say, quote, Hey, I know we're both socialists and Latinx, but we're not the same person. The mayor wasn't amused. She'd seen Vasquez gesturing and thought he was speaking too. Lightfoot said, quote, I don't appreciate the snark. All righty, then. And Chicago City Council nerds reveled. This is from Shia Capos, all right? Not me. I didn't call you guys nerds. Uh, Chicago City Council nerds uh, reveled in another exchange, celebrated. Oh, Alderman Dick Mel made an appearance yes. to the meeting as well to pay tribute to a longtime city employee. It says here the problem was his tribute went on a bit too long. The mayor was heard saying uh, <laughs> Alderman Robroyos, who promptly cut off Mel's meandering story. So, yeah,
2: I uh, <laughs> I love that. Great job, Shia Kapos, uh, with that uh, that anecdote. Uh, I remember reading that chuckling. <laughs> Richard Mel, of course, former alderman of the 33rd Ward, uh, father of Deb Mel, who he uh, uh, got Mayor Rahm to repl- uh, appoint to replace him when he just stepped down midterm. Classic Chicago move. We talked about it earlier with Heather Staines and Michael Simmons. Uh, and, um he also is, as uh, you all know, the uh, father-in-law of Rod Blagojevich, our former governor, and is probably as responsible, if not more responsible, uh, than any person uh, in the world for Rod Blagojevich's political career. So, Richard Mel, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, he was a very entertaining guy, he has a ton of stories, uh, and um, he came to our first hideout show with McDumpkey. It was, uh, and he, he just loved it because he had this audience and most of them lefties who despised him. And he was just telling his tales of patronage and just uh, like thumbing his nose at all the principles of good government that these lefties supposedly believed in. Uh, and Proco Joe Moreno, who was also on the panel that night, was like, yeah, that makes sense to me. And Scott Waggisback was on the panel as well. He's like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, so anyway, so it was kind of funny to see uh, Richard Mell, uh, Lori Lightfoot <laughs> lean over. I don't know why they just didn't turn him off. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, Richard Mell is no longer the powerhouse. Anymore. But you know what, D? Our good friend Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez, <laughs> Uh, Richard Mel's probably going to oppose, not literally oppose her in the next election, but put somebody to, up to run against her. And uh, she she defeated uh, Deb Mel.
1: Why would he do uh, that?
2: Because she defeated Deb Mel, and um, so you know, revenge tastes sweet.
1: Oh my God! What, what a weirdo! What? I mean, the, the election's over.
2: Yeah, well, it's never over. In Chicago, old bridges last a long time. So Richard Mel, they may be turning his mic off. Mayor Lori Lightfoot may be turning his mic off, but the problem, he could be still. He, he's still playing that game. And by the way, come on, Mayor Lightfoot. All right, Vasquez is the rapper. All right, Carlos Ramirez Rojas is the guy who loves the chain smokers. Everybody knows that.
1: Okay, uh, Carlos is more singer songwriter. What's that? Carlos is more singer songwriter. Yeah, he's more singer songwriter.
2: Carlos uh, Ramirez Rosa made the mistake, speaking of people who never forget anything, of coming on my show and defending the chain smokers in regards uh, to Stevie Wonder. Can you believe that? Like, Ben, you know, your generation may like Stevie Wonder, but younger people like the chain smokers, and you're beginning to sound like an old baby boomer. Since then, I haven't found one millennial who will defend that position, by the way. Don't blame me. I love Stevie Wonder. Most millennials got sense. And Carlos is kind of backed away from it. I like Stevie Wonder, too. Anyway, so hello. Okay, Mayor Lori, Riffel, one more time. Vasquez, rapper. Ramirez Rosa, Stevie Wonder. We'll give you Stevie Wonder, Carlos. Stevie Wonder. Got it? So whatever you see Carlos, think Stevie Wonder. Whenever you see Vasquez, think
1: rap. There you go. You'll get You'll. You'll handle it. Better luck next time, uh, Mayor. And finally, it's the moment we've all been waiting for. Attention! <laughs> for the last 365 days and counting. Attention! Citizens of the city of Chicago have been anxiously awaiting for our Chicago mayor to say these words. Welcome! I mean, it could have been worded (laughs) a little differently. But, yes, the beaches are back in the city of Chicago. Uh, The following comes from, I'm pulling this story from Chicago.gov. Mayor announces the return of lakefront beaches for the season under Open Chicago Initiative. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the Chicago Park District today announced 22 beaches will open Friday Today, I know this is confusing, May 28th <laughs> for the 2021 season. The return of beach season is another step forward with Open Chicago, the mayor's initiative to safely and fully reopen the city. This Friday will mark the first time Chicago beaches have opened for public use since Ben. Can you guess when?
2: Since, uh, 2019
1: says here, September 2nd, 2019 due to COVID-19. Oh, way to go. I win. What do I win? Nothing due to COVID-19 health and safety (laughs) precautions. The 2021 beach season runs through Monday, September 6th, 2021. So Ben, the beaches are back. Have you been back yet?
2: I uh, have not been back. But Let me say this: they should never been closed in the first place. Never closed in the first place. Big mistake. Okay, uh, and um, that was that reaction that the mayor had when she was driving uh, north on Lakeshore Drive, not Dusable Drive, Lakeshore Drive, <laughs> uh, and she saw people playing basketball. She was outraged and shocked, stunned that they weren't abiding by her commands to stay indoors. Uh, She wrote an email uh, to all her staffers, and that email was leaked, hacked uh, emails that were leaked from the Jones Day uh, group of emails. We talked about this with Freddie Martinez and Tommy Shuba at length. Uh, And so now we know what really irritated her. And then the next day, she had that press. Remember the press conference? She had the pictures of people riding their bikes and jogging and not being Properly separated on the lakefront She had the photo evidence Like we didn't believe Like oh, I'm not sure I believe you mayor Lightfoot Here's the evidence right here I'm going to take your car That's when I first got my idea That It's well, a different person than the one who Should have the out with me and Mick. <laughs> Uh And uh, So I don't think They should have been closed in the first place And um We've since learned that uh, COVID doesn't really do well transmitting outdoors. So and the mayor, it's kind of hard for anybody who's a mayor to ever say I was wrong, you know, comes sort of with the territory being the all powerful mayor. Mayors are never wrong. So that press release, that was actually not a news story that Dennis read. There was a press release from the city of Chicago. So it's present. That's that's how news would sound, ladies and gentlemen. If there was no independent news, it'd be like, in another great initiative for a wonderful city, our amazing mayor did something totally stupendous. She made the sunrise this morning. Park District Commissioners thank the mayor for making the sunrise. Let me point out the park district commissioners are appointed by the mayor.
0: <laughs> Can we
2: get all the mayor of the park? They would have, we would have, that would be our news. The mayor is wonderful. The city is lucky that our mayor is our mayor. Thank you, mayor. So yes, D. So after having made a mistake by closing the, the beaches in the first place, she's now patting herself on the back for reopening them. And, and it's going to work. I've already said this. Chicagoans everywhere are rejoicing. Oh, thank you, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Thank you. And then she's going to backtrack on the 10 p.m. liquor thing. And Chicagoans, thank you, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Ben, you're so mean to the mayor. Chicago mayors say, t- make a mistake. Mayors do something stupid, then change it. And people in Chicago, their attitude is not to be mad that they did the stupid thing, but to thank them. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. How many times, D, did people tell me, just the days of daily. when daily would do something stupid. I can't remember whatever, whatever he did, ladies and gentlemen. And then I would get a a, a citizen activist complaining. And if only the mayor could hear me, he would know that what he did was wrong. And then he would change it. Dude, he didn't care about you. Isn't that obvious? He doesn't care about you. That's why he did the thing in the first place to show, you know, at shows he doesn't care about But Chicagoans, D. They have just this love, faith, and belief in their
1: mayor. Chicagoans. So starting today, uh, it's kind of cold, but residents can look forward to a typical (laughs) beach experience uh, with the exceptions of drinking fountains. Those will remain shut off due to public health guidance. All traditional beach amenities will be available. Uh, it says here the Chicago Park District will continue to utilize the flag notification system, an interactive web page to display swim status. Water quality, weather data. Oh, they got Trent Ford on the case. (laughs) Local information or location information, amenities, directions, and historical details about each of the 26 lakefront beach locations and Humboldt Park Beach. The following flag notification system tells patrons the current status of beaches. If you're listening to this and you want to get back on the beach, please take notes and try to remember this as you have a good time. Green flag. Swimming is permitted. Weather conditions are fair and water quality is good. Yellow flag. Swimming is permitted, but caution is advised. Weather conditions are unpredictable or bacterial levels are higher than the water quality criteria set by EPA for notifying the public and, well, red flag. Swimming, <laughs> red flag, guys. Swimming is not permitted. Weather conditions are dangerous or water quality conditions are dangerous. Ben, when are we getting back on the beach and finally going to have that one-on-one hacky sack final? (laughs) Well, not today because you're right. It's really cold out.
2: And by the way, can I just be a typical Chicago and talk about the weather? This weather is weird, D. I was like at the start of the week, I was literally sweating like a horse in this attic. It was so hot. Dennis is tough on me. Don't turn that air conditioner on when we're doing the show. Makes a sound. Should hear the pre-show prep. Oh my god! Hey, don't do this. Don't do that.
1: Oh, I'm a jerk.
2: <laughs> so I dutifully didn't turn the air conditioner on. Now, D, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. It's cold in the attic. It wouldn't win one week that Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so from the Illinois state yes. Waters, <laughs> what? Trent Ford. Yeah, so uh, I'm happy the beaches are open, but I think it's going to be a while before you and I are down there uh, playing Hacky Sack. Maybe Frisbee.
1: Speak for yourself. I accept open challenges to Hacky Sack this weekend. I'll be there. Ben's not going to be down, but hey, Radio Doogie, you going to be playing? I don't know. But there you go. That's a week in coverage. Any uh, stories that we didn't hit here, Ben, that you would like to touch on?
2: No. Uh, Although I would like to say this. I had a a blast yesterday uh, recording uh, a um a bonus feature with Mick dumkey my dear friend, Mick dumkey and uh, 1971, the greatest records a little, we do we do a little, a little politics uh, find its way in there, but uh, we had a lot of fun going over our favorite records from the year 1971. Mick wasn't even, Mick was, wasn't even born yet when these records came out, but he loves music and that inspired me. I'm just going to, you know, do a series in 71 going to have talk about politics and sports and, uh, in a series of interviews over the weekend. So I just want to promote that. Everybody that's going to drop tomorrow at five. Uh, Mick Dumkey. that guy knows a lot about music, D. I mean, I, I'm basically, I, I know what I like and pretty much listen to the same things over and over again, but he has a very diverse uh, taste. And so uh, really great, fun interview, fun conversation with Mick dumkey about our favorite records from 1971 and since then i've been collecting everybody's favorite people i know hey please texting out and uh been uh nice to know that most people like agree with me it's what's going on is everybody's favorite record marvin gay what's going on is pretty much everyone's favorite record mcdumpke's as well so anyway that's tomorrow uh five in the morning
1: all things 1971 with Ben Jarofsky and Mick Dunkey. Check it out. Uh, Also, we have Benny J. Bonus interviews this weekend that you could check out as well. So many, over a 1,000 episodes of this program, people. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Go check it out. Uh, We do have someone new on the live stream chat. We welcome Chris. Chris, how's it going? Uh, Chris has a question for you, Ben. Uh, Not sure if he'll be able to answer it, but he asked it, so what the hell. Uh, Chris says, hi, y'all. Long-time listener, first-time commenter. Uh, Off topic question. I've been reading about General Irons claims that the city told them to move out of Lincoln Park. Who and when told them?
2: Great question. That's both in the. Brett Chase's article in the uh, Sun-Times and uh, also Michael uh, Hawthorne in the Tribune. And to answer your question, they haven't indicated yet, uh, Chris, who literally told them that. But it's pretty obvious from the coverage that beginning with Rom and then continuing with Mayor Lori Lightfoot, they wanted to get that General Irons plant uh, out of Lincoln Park so that they could just encourage the development of the area Mm -hmm. Uh, That's uh, Sterling Bay's uh, Lincoln Yards project is right across the river. Uh, And they're just transforming that area from manufacturing to residential and commercial Mm -hmm. part of the total gentrification of that corner of the city. So literally who told General Iron? I do not know. That's not been whether it was with Mayor Rahm. It was more like the, according to the news coverage, the Emmanuel administration uh, was bending over backwards to accommodate uh, General Irons, get them out of that area, to make this development possible, and that it continued with Lori Lightfoot's administration. So, it would probably some someone in the uh, planning department, if it was, uh, I, that would be my guess. But the literal who, I do not know. Just sort of the general Emmanuel administration and Lightfoot administration.
1: All right, so there you go, Chris. Uh, Thanks for weighing in. Uh, Be like Chris. Join the live stream chat sometimes. We're on live, uh, 1 p.m. Tuesdays through Fridays. Uh, every Friday we do a local news show. Chris, thank you for joining us. That's awesome. And uh, find us online at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can send us an email, Show at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And you can call this program. It's true, 708-658-4788. That number again is 708-658-4788. We would love to hear from you. We haven't got a uh, voicemail in a while. Leave us a voicemail, and there's a good chance we will play that voicemail on our program. Uh, Let's see here. We did get an email recently from someone here. Uh, Ben. Not you, Ben, but another Ben. Uh, It says here, hey, Ben and Dennis, my name is Ben. I live in the 47th Ward, and I know nothing about the Bulls. Please, state (laughs) news only. (laughs) I don't believe that. You made that up, D. (laughs) (laughs) He
2: thinks he's he's funny, ladies and gentlemen. He's got a million of them.
1: Personally, I'm a big fan of the show, minus the sports talk. So, I mean, you know. Hey, man, come on. I can't help myself sometimes, okay? He really can't, Ben, so you're just going to have to live with that. Uh, I try to curb it as much as possible on this program. Uh, (laughs) Oh,
2: no sports talk. Oh, my God. I just spent how many hours I, was I watching NBA basketball last night? <laughs> Loving it too, by the way.
1: Thanks everybody for uh, joining us here on our weekend review, our Friday weekend review. We're having a great time uh, doing it with our new schedule and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week.
2: Yes, we will. And I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend. This man worked so hard today, got up real early, was cutting tape. When I called him up, he goes, Ben, I'm busy. I'm cutting tape. That's the sound of a cutting tape. The man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. And as Ben, that fictitious uh, email writer, uh, can tell you, back (laughs) home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash.
1: Have a great weekend, everybody. That was really an email.
0: survey at the University of Illinois Prairie Research Institute. This is Illinois State Climatologist Trent Ford. Summer arrived this week with average temperatures ranging from the mid to high 70s across the state, between four and 12 degrees above average. This past week was enough to push May-to-date temperatures to two to three degrees above average in Northern Illinois, but May temps to date are still within a degree of average in Central and Southern Illinois. Combined with a warm March and mild April, this climatological spring season will likely end one to three degrees warmer than average statewide. Several locations across the state saw high temperatures this past week in the mid to high 80s, including some 90-degree days in Northern Illinois. So far this spring, there have been eight days with a high at or above 85 degrees at Chicago's O'Hare Airport, the seventh most on record there. Along with the warm-up, this past week finally brought much-needed rains to the very dry northeast corner of the state. The driest parts of the Chicagoland area, from Schomburg to the Wisconsin border, received anywhere from a half an inch to two inches this week. Although in most places this was not enough to eliminate drought, it will most definitely improve stream flow and soil moisture conditions heading into summer. Elsewhere, seven-day totals range from just over half an inch in east-central Illinois to over two inches along the I-70 corridor from metro east to Effingham. Looking ahead, highs this weekend are forecast in the mid to upper 60s statewide with lows in the 40s. We may even see a few nighttime lows in the 30s this weekend in northern Illinois. Look for a warm-up to more seasonable temperatures as we move into June next week. The next three days are likely going to mostly be dry around the state with the highest forecasted totals of around half an inch in the northeast part of the state and less than a tenth of an inch elsewhere. Farther out, the Climate Prediction Center outlooks for the first week of June show highest odds of near normal temperatures and precipitation across the state. For reference, normal average temperatures the first week of June range from the mid 60s to low 70s across the state and precipitation totals are mostly between three quarters and one inch. This is Illinois state climatologist Trent Ford wishing everyone a happy, healthy holiday weekend.